Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. This week on the show, it's my So Many Scares pick, which is The Craft, the movie that one letterbox reviewer called Clueless on Crack. It was the first time any of us had seen this 90s nostalgia-heavy movie, and it had us all spellbound. We really enjoyed it. Plus, we're all about to go see the new Exorcist movie, and we talk about how we're feeling going into it. Yes, all that and more on this episode of So Many Scares slash sequels. Um, be sure to find us online at somanysequels.com. You can go back and listen to any of the old So Many Scares you may have missed in the past. You can also find links to our social media channels there. And you can support the show directly at patreon.com slash somanysequels and chat with us in our Discord that way. So go do all that. Without any further ado, enjoy our discussion of the craft. I highly anticipate tomorrow night, the three of us. No Andrew, right? Correct. No, he well, uh, Cat's going. Cat's going. Da- yeah, that bum. Okay, he ain't so coming. Be, there will be four of us then. There's oh, four Cat, of us. Cat will be there? Yeah, yeah Nikki's yeah, going to be Yeah, she wants to get the crap scared of her. She's ready to get scared. I do not want to be... Oof. We're going to go see The Exorcist Believer, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Believer. Imagine Dragon sponsoring this this version of Exorcist. Um, and I'm not looking forward to it. I've been talked into doing it. I think I am. Uh, I wouldn't really say my arm was twisted, but at the same time, I don't want to. I don't want to not go to the movies if you guys are going. That's yeah, that's, a, that's that's good. That's good. Have I, you guys I, heard anything about this so far? Not no. a lot, and I, you know, you know, genuinely try to generally try to avoid letterbox scores and all that before I watch the movie, but. Mm-hmm. I, I I fear it could be bad. I fear this could be a situation where it's a great trailer, bad movie. Uh, because it's so hard, I I think, to do a, a proper Exorcist sequel. So I'm cautiously optimistic that it will be good. And I am pretty confident either way I will be scared. I think yeah, even if it's I'm bad, not worried it would probably that. scare me. One of the, the easiest ways to win... Like those demony possessive movies, they scare me, and I don't like it uh-huh. because, like, I don't know, they're kids and they contort, and I don't like that. And I don't and like contortion, and I make it, it makes me uncomfortable. And yep. I don't like it. And then they like, I don't know, like creepy kids or something that also scares me a lot. Like yeah. Children of the Corn, I don't want to see it because I don't want to see a bunch of British children just oh, walking through the corn. <laughs> no, it's scary. I, I don't like it. That. Like the Charlie bit my finger thing. That always was like, ah, I don't like it. it. Makes, and everybody thought it was funny. Little... I was like, no. It's a little British voice. Bit my finger, yes, Charlie. a little creepy British kids. They're nice, I'm <laughs> sure, but British they're scary. I Man, do. This is why you never, never should watch Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who. But <laughs> some of those all kids, kinds some of scary kids. British kids in that. I know, and they're scary. But um, are you my so, mummy? So you know, the this combination of possession and kids, and definitely contortion and demon, is just gonna. It's, uh, it, yeah, scary. Have you guys seen the original Exorcist? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I have not. We had a little bit of a watch party a couple of years ago um, where I think it was the first time for some people in the room. Yeah, Me, it was the first I time. think I maybe. I think Andrew. I think Andrew had never seen it either, yeah. 
it's, did it's it hold pretty, up on scariness? I felt like it did, honestly. Like it was a good movie. It was. It was. It holds. Yeah. It holds up as a good movie for sure. Like there's parts where you know the 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 pea soup vomit scene has been seen so many times that's not really scary. But there's plenty mm-hmm. of other parts that are scary in the movie still. Well, and you know, if you know a lot of the history about the the movie and like the things that they put Linda Blair through specifically, oh, yeah. you know, the one scene where she's like up on the bed and they talked about how like she was rigged up and she like broke ribs or yeah, fractured really some kind of thing. Back, like they messed her up. Um, she went through some stuff and like, but she was scary. Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways, having never seen it, can you believe that my uh, you know conservative Christian parents did not let me see it as a child? Um, I wouldn't have. I don't think even that background should matter. No child should see this movie. <laughs> no child should see this movie. No, it's not. But for kids. it's a very like it's one of those movies you always heard about people like sneaking to see or something like yeah. that. Yeah, rated scary. R movies. But, you just are drawn to. Uh, but yeah, I never saw it. I do kind. I am kind of interested because I kind of feel like I've heard some interesting takes about it. Can you guys hear that train in the background? I hear a train coming. Yeah, I live in Claremont. Um. But I, I would be interested to see it someday. Um, I kind of feel like it is responsible for the kinds of movies we we see, the horror movies we see. I feel like it is one of probably, I mean, I don't think this is a stretch to say, this is probably like the most influential horror movie uh, in oh, yeah, it's certain, it's at least of its time. Yeah. One of them, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the first movies where, you know, they're, they were talking about people fainting in the, in the theater and stuff and throwing up from fear and just chaos. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, the perfect blend of the technology of the time, uh, or at least the special effects, uh, craft at the time and the, you know, the right story, you know, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. I'm interested to see how it goes tomorrow night because sometimes I feel like with modern horror movies, because like, modern effects are so good it almost doesn't seem as impressive does that make sense yeah sometimes older movies you mean yeah like compared to older movies like you see an old movie and you see like a really good special effect you're like holy crap that's amazing but today because like they're so advanced it like doesn't really seem like i don't know it seems less special in a way with a movie like the exorcist i think it benefits from linda blair's performance because mm-hmm. yes there's a lot of special effects in there to pull that off but she's just also so believable and good when she transforms from the little girl into the the uh demon that has possessed her like that's mm-hmm. scary without the effects so yeah. that helps this movie stand out i think because um, yeah when, it, when a movie does rely on the special effects for fear uh, it's risky this is going to be a requel, I'm assuming. I don't necessarily know that for sure, but it feels like one. It feels like it's going to be an opportunity for a requel. Those are popular. Bring back some of the originals and ignore all the bad stuff. Give it an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And those have generally been successful most yeah, of the time. So They've at least been enjoyable. So I think there's a good opportunity for them to bring in some uh, classic people that like big-time fans will remember. Uh, that can kind of be fun. If you don't know, I'm sure it won't matter. Um it's just like a, an extra piece. And then I think that if that is the case, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and going in that I feel like their effects will be good and I feel like mm-hmm. the performances will be good because I really think that it's going to be scary. Will the movie be good? I have no idea. It, it, That's why we're going to go find out. It does come from uh, David Gordon Green and uh, Danny McBride. 
This that's is, true. I mean, that's a great combo what they did with uh, uh, Jason or Michael yeah, Myers. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, Michael Myers. Yeah, and this Halloween. is also, I believe, the first of a planned trilogy if it is successful. Uh, <laughs> well, and, they proved. Well, uh, it stars Leslie Odom Jr. as well. So, that's oh, just, I didn't know that. He's 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 hmm. the top bill on the on the wiki. Oh, so. that's right. I did know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's gonna be good. It's well, good. Like good actors. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be scary. We will definitely let everybody know. We're not planning to do a full episode on it. Planning. No, but we'll, we'll we never follow. know what will happen. We'll give a mini review, as well, we did we with Saw X last week and exactly. uh, the Meg we'll 2. De- we'll definitely let you know our thoughts on it um, before the month ends. Uh, but let's get into our topic of the night. Yeah. Uh, this is So Many Scares Month. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do my pick uh, this week. Which is The Craft. Um, mm-hmm. The Craft is a movie from 1996 starring um, Nev Campbell, Rachel True, Robin Tunney, and I just, I, I don't even know how to say her name. Um, Faruza Balk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she plays Nancy, yes. Yeah. Um, this movie kind of came out under the radar and was a bit of a surprise hit when it came out it's got it's a very low budget flick uh, and it became a cult classic over the years none of us had seen it prior to this so i thought it would be a good pick for that reason mm-hmm. um and it's also just one of those um like i said cult classic movies from the era of our childhood um that skipped us all over so thought it'd be cool to to, to try it out um that's why i picked it that's why you picked it. Well, um, well, what did you think? I and, and I was gonna say, and, I, and honestly, I I came out liking it. However, I think a lot of that has to do with nostalgia, <laughs> because it is a like remarkably '90s movie in the best <laughs> ways. Um, yeah, th- in in ways where I go, oh, this makes me feel good. Um, yeah, it's got um, that that really like still not great '90s CGI um, in, in it. It's got <laughs> music the music uh beat drops the needle mm-hmm. drops are are pretty good um it's got that whole 90s high school coming of age just grunginess about it uh but mm-hmm. but also what's cool about it is that it's a movie with uh four female protagonists uh, who are p- all powerful uh, witches, which wasn't as common at the time in horror either. Uh, typically, the women, ca- female characters in horror movies are just there to be killed, uh, sans the final girl. So it's cool to see an all-female lead cast. Uh, so I had an issue with some of the, some parts of the story it kind of falls apart to me in the end. The The third act, like, is not great, doesn't make a lot of sense, and kind of wraps up. Not easily, but with not a lot of resolution, honestly. So, it's not perfect, but I thought it was pretty fun. I really like Nev Campbell in this. Uh, this is uh, oh, her pre-scream when she really takes off, but mm-hmm. uh, just helps cement her role as one of the great scream queens of the era i think um so overall i'm happy we watched it what did you guys think yeah garrett what'd you think 
You know, I don't disagree with anything you said, Josh. Uh, this movie was like Melrose Place meets Scream. You know, it was great. It was, I mean, like, oh, I felt it. And the angsty teen inside of me was just ready to get out and enjoy this. I loved it. Um, but uh, again, at the same time, you know, it, it, it was not perfect. Um, it was the era of the 90s simple movie where you just accepted the story that you were given and you went along for the ride. Right, mm-hmm. it didn't necessarily have to make the most sense. I mean, you know, um, you just accepted that they were witches up right out the right out the gate. There was no questioning that this mm-hmm. was just a thing, right? You saw that there was a moment where she's like spinning the pencil with her mind, and it's like what? But they don't really ever explain how that power came to be. You know, mm-hmm. at least to my recollection, that she just kind of is a witch. She's just a yeah. natural witch, and all these other people are studying to be a witch. <clears throat> and you know, you had the uh quintessential again 90s high school moments but for me the one that stood out and the one that i just rarely was disgusted by but that that despite the fact that he was a known just garbage man (laughs) every woman still wanted to be with ski ulrich in this movie and it was disgusting i mean he had no redeemable qualities other than he was a football player. And that was all that it took in this movie. Which is just a and classic me, Skeet Ulrich role. I enjoyed shooting Skeet. There's and nothing so good I, about who you are. I was like, you're using your witchcraft spells to make him fall in love with you and not actually just torture him? Like, that's you know, a missed when, opportunity right there. When Brecken Meyer is right there. <clears throat> Oh my god! Also, I was gonna drop Breckenmeyer, so I'm glad you did. I was hoping everyone. I need to, it. I I need to bring up Breckenmeyer because I, <laughs> I'm a I'm a I don't hate Breckenmeyer. Everybody hates no, on Breckenmeyer. I love Breckenmeyer. He's great. I got no He's issues no with Breckenmeyer. He's he, <laughs> you know everybody um, uh, hates on him, but I understand now because if you this is a cult movie of people of our age, right? So like I feel like if you saw this movie and your first experience with Breckenmeyer was this, I'd hate him too. <laughs> He was a guy. He was also awful. Like all of them were awful. Um, so I and was yet, like really excited for these these women to to kind of give them the give them the what's what, and they missed that opportunity. Some they kind of put them through a little bit of torture, but not like what they should have done, man. Yeah. Um, and then the you know you could kind of see the jealousy within all of the witches, um, and uh, you know again the the cattiness of high school between all of them was there. So again, this movie was a lot of fun. Uh, the nostalgia plays a big part in it. Um, it doesn't necessarily do everything right again, uh, but it is certainly enjoyable. You know, I agree with you guys. I got to get a lot of things off my chest here. Uh, one, Mama was right that Vicky Valancourt is the devil. Uh, it was... <laughs> we should have seen it. We should have known it. <laughs> um... Uh, Nikki right. told me that I was like, yeah, she looks really familiar. And she goes, Oh, well, she's in the water boy. And I go, Ah, she's, she's Vicky Valancourt. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the music, as it was playing, I was just like, Ugh. I, And my wife knows everything like about music from like the 90s, 2000s. She's a music encyclopedia from that time period. And I was like, Do you know who plays, oh. who, who this is? Okay. And she goes, She goes, uh, No. And I go, Okay, good. Cause this sucks. <laughs> I was like, This music's, I, it put me off so much. Um, that said, I genuinely liked this movie. This was a very good movie, um, and I was surprised. I was like, I I was expecting with it being like witchcraft and with it being the '90s, and 
um, some of the, you know, some of like just the, the outside, you know, look of it. I was like, oh, there's going to be like a lot of weird body horror or like bad, like gross <clears throat> stuff that's going to happen. But genuinely, it, it wasn't that scary. I, I, I honestly think that kind of the biggest letdown of this movie is the supernatural element because the characters were so i thought early on so well written and so well defined and their their interdynamics were so um well crafted if you will hey. that when it all just turned into a big witch fight i kind of was like this isn't this is kind of like less interesting than the, what was going on earlier like you said josh i think there's a there's a kind of a critical missing scene somewhere in this movie that kind of makes it all escalate too fast by the end of it like the third act is kind of not as good as those first two acts um i thought they all did really well uh it was luckily a not a not scary movie for me so i was uh, i was uh quite pleased with that but i did think that this was you know it there were a lot of comparisons i've read that there were a lot of comparisons to like it's uh it's heathers but with goth girls and early on i was thinking oh it's mean girls in black um uh obviously it predates mean girls but you get but it's those kind of high school uh those high school dynamics that you know in some ways we never grow out of and in uh some ways you really hope you do but uh it's i i, I was genuinely surprised by how much i liked it because i thought i was gonna be terrified uh i thought that we were gonna like see like people like melting or grow like gross uh swords and knives digging into people and stuff like that uh, the worst was when the when Nev Campbell was getting uh, some kind of gene therapy in her back, and they started pricking her with little needles. And I was like, "Oh, that's like awful." That. <laughs> that was a little bit off putting, but I was, but we survived. Anyway, uh, I don't, I, I won't drag us on too much more. But I'll let you guys. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about, real quick? Well, that I, I'm pleasantly surprised that everybody liked it. Um, I really thought. Uh, David especially, I didn't think you'd be scared of it. I thought you would come out thinking it was too corny to be good. <laughs> at times it was. Um, at times and it, it is was at really times, corny. but that's part of the nostalgia too of of just movies of that era. Uh, but we'll, you I'll, know, it also. Go I was, was going to go into uh, some of their, just some of the characterizations. Like you talked about Garrett, how they didn't uh, really like get enough vengeance on these boys, like they could have. And I agree. And I, and I wonder if part of that, though, is still the fact that they are these high school girls who don't know what they're doing. And so they're each dealing with their own problem, right? Like Sarah wants um, Chris to be in love with her. And um, um, who's the one who wants to be beautiful? Um, uh, Nev Campbell. Bonnie. Nev Cam- Nev Campbell. Bonnie. Bonnie wants yeah. to be beautiful. Um Rochelle has this racist bully who's just always on her. Uh, mm-hmm. so Played by Ben Stiller's wife. Get... Is that so? Yeah, that was uh, Christine Taylor, uh, Ben Stiller's uh, wife. She was also in like Dodgeball and Zoolander. <gasps> oh my God. I forgot about that part. I'm sorry. I made, wow. I made people echo. There was... <laughs> Maureen McCormick in that movie was so <laughs> damn racist. It was it the wasn't most Maureen overtly McCormick. racist. Yeah. yeah, it was Maureen McCormick. No, I think right. No, no, no. She, but, oh no! But, that's but, she, but she, but she, <laughs> she plays Marsha Brady. She plays Marsha in the Brady yeah, Bunch movie. That <laughs> that's what I was thinking. She does. She does such a good job at it. I always thought she was. No, what was her name again, David? Uh, her name is uh, her name is Christine Taylor. 
Yeah, Christine Taylor. Okay, she's she's great as a person, but she was so overtly racist in this movie in a way that was like, I jaw on the floor over my like, did she just say? Look, sort of like, I thought she sort of, said. I don't sort of think like I'd heard that word before. <laughs> no, and I think that's why it was so shocking. It was so shockingly dumb because I knew what they were trying to do. And they just like skirted it as close as they could, and I was like, "That's almost sort of, worse." Yeah, it's sort of poorly written racism at times, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's was not, really. I, I do have to agree that that moment hits early, fairly early in the movie, and I was unprepared, and it made me real nervous. Can but I, it never got to that again. Um, yeah, can I yeah. say you may have or you may have read this too, but um, a little behind the scenes. Um, the character of Rochelle was not written to be uh, an African American, not written to be black. And uh, when they cast Rochelle, uh, when they cast um, uh, Rachel True, they added a racism subplot for her because originally that character's subplot was that she was going to be bulimic. But when they cast Rachel True, they were like, you know what? We can do something a little bit more, I don't know, aggressive or whatever. We can do something a little more tied to the casting. Um, so that's kind of an interesting, and I feel like, it, and I, I think it kind of feels like they made that change late. Like you can kind of, it doesn't seem like it was integrated as well as it could have been. And going back to uh, the the women wanting the men to fall in love with them and not knowing necessarily what they want to do, I think it actually goes down to that this movie was written by two men. Well, of and they course, just think that's that that's what women want is they want the strong football player no matter yes, what, even yes. if he is a piece of garbage. All the women want want that guy who treats them like garbage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Says the two men who wrote the movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and that was sort of even the worst part is because my wife asked me because she fell asleep. Uh, and I don't, and it wasn't because it was boring. It's because she's she's very worn out. But uh, she fell asleep, and she um, she goes, did she woke up? She goes, did Skeet Ulrich get what he had coming? And I said, uh, I said, yeah, but not in like a really satisfying way, really. Like it, like when it happened, I was kind of like, uh, eh, whatever, because like of he all was the so. The witch can do. You threw him out the window. <laughs> yeah, he just pushed him. You could have done with that your hands. Um. He, and he was so sort of zombified by that point with this love potion that it wasn't like it wasn't like he was like the jerk he was. He was like some it was like I don't know, it was like if you cut off a dog's legs and then you shot it. It was like not it was like, well now I just feel bad for the dog even if he did bite you. Nah. I don't necessarily feel bad for the dog, but you get what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like you needed it. Yeah. No, well, that and that's where you know the the spells that they cast to benefit them start to unravel and mm-hmm. and backfire on them. Uh, Chris becomes so infatuated with her that when she begins to reject him, he can, he he is still so dead set on it that he assaults her. Um, um, yeah, uh, that love potion's too strong, love curse or whatever she did. So they definitely also have to face consequences of their actions. Um, Nancy goes just bananas evil with power, yes. drunk with power, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which is where we get a the the kind of weird third act climax of the girls turning on Sarah. Yeah, which which yeah, which which I thought, and Josh, I, it sounds like you agree with me. That turn came kind of too suddenly for the other girls. Nancy, you could kind of see the writing on the wall, but there was a moment where 
when before Nancy kills Chris, um, Nev Campbell's Bonnie character and Rochelle in the movie, they're both kind of still on Sarah's side that, hey, uh, something's up. Nancy's getting a little far gone. We need to go stop her. She's going to go do something wrong. Let's go stop her. They went to the party together. And if you may remember this, they walk in and Rochelle starts to have an awkward conversation with her bully. And that scene just ends before they say anything meaningful. And then it's never picked up again, which I thought was kind of a a letdown that they, they have some kind of moment there, never pick it back up. We don't really know. Um, But then after Nancy, this is big time spoilers for this 96 movie. After Nancy kills Chris, it immediately just like years old by now the next the next sequence is like sarah's very sad she tries a spell to stop nancy and then the other all the witches are just all all of her friends are just hey you suck we don't like you anymore and there's kind of a missing scene there and it turns out there's a deleted scene which i watched where sarah goes to nev campbell and rochelle true rachel true and tries to convince them hey we need to stop nancy and then nancy discovers this attempted betrayal and just re you know just you know screams at him and kind of like uh accuses the other two girls that hey i stood beside you when no one else would and now this new girl comes in it's very mean girls this new girl comes in you're just gonna side with her and kind of like wins them back kind of to her side but in a very rude way um, the director, in the, I, I was reading about it, and the director said that they cut it because he kind of felt like it wasn't realistic that the girls would stay with Nancy after she just yelled at them like that, after she just yelled at them. And so I was like, you know, I get what you're saying, but I think you made the wrong choice. I kind of feel like you needed something because the other two girls just out of nowhere join up, decide, hey, you know, Sarah, you stink. We don't like you anymore. And I just don't. I don't think it flowed as well as it could have. That's my only real complaint with the movie. Other than the, the soundtrack. Yeah, for a 90s... <clears throat> oh, see, I loved the soundtrack. It was, like, angsty. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It fit the movie. Oh, like, man. You know, it, it may the not trash be the can. best individual songs, but if it fits oh. the movie, oh, if it's the vibe, it gets it that gothic feeling. Oh, yeah. Vibe. Ooh. That Ooh, I knew sequence. exactly where they wanted me to be because I was there. With that music and that setting that they had. Mm. I liked it. You know, you definitely feel the early stages of Scream, especially with Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich's Mm -hmm. connection to it. It just feels that way. Um, Again, I mentioned like Melrose Place because it just kind of feels very L.A., Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the big thing in that time. So, yeah. And so it was... uh, it, I even even bits of Clueless, and that could just be because of Breck and Meyer. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I felt so many different kinds of movies pulled into this that just hit so much, and a lot of it was that nostalgia. But they did. I do. I mean, it was very enjoyable. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely a good pick, Josh. Yeah. I, Yay. I have one other thing I want to say. This is a a trend. Yeah. At, when the movie started, um, what's her name? I keep forgetting her first name. Robin Tunney, who plays Sarah. She's moving. Mm-hmm. To L.A. with her dad, mm-hmm. and they walk in. Yeah, they have this. Doesn't know anybody. They walk in. They have this school. big house, and I thought to myself, "What was it with the '90s and people moving into giant houses?" Because whether it's I think it Beetlejuice, Casper, yeah. Jumanji, here we have the craft. It's like everybody was moving to a giant house in the '90s, and I don't know why it was that the, was such a thing. 
early stage capitalism. That's when like you first got your first like millionaires, billionaires. It wasn't uncommon. Yeah. They were all just moving into these big old houses. Genuinely old. was gonna say something along those lines that it is. Honestly, That's what everybody like, wanted. That was the dream. Was a well, big, but it was giant like it is. A, well, yeah, historically, it's in. peak McMansion time when these big, yeah. big houses are being built and uh, that really and then like abandoned. The 80s, so by nineties, yeah. And then, like, abandoned for, now, for you know, a middle-class family. Just a... Yeah. But, like, that's all I'm saying is, like, there's so many movies. We could probably do a, a whole month of movies just based on new kid moves to town in a giant home. And it's always so... It, mm-hmm. It's Anyway. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is some almost castings. Did you guys read about some of the other uh, actresses who auditioned for the movie? I did not look into that, no. All right. So, uh, according to... Um, Let's see here. According to Huffington Post, from way back when, uh, 85 other actresses screen tested for the characters. Initially, uh, Robin Tunney was slated in the Bonnie role, and they decided that they would rather her play Sarah, and they got so they could, then they could bring in Nev Campbell. Um, uh, all of the actresses, by the way, are in their like 20s playing 16. Uh, that was pretty common back then, but I just think it's funny. Uh, Rachel True was actually 29 playing like 16 in this movie um Dang. which is pretty pretty wild um who she think she is ben platt <laughs> <laughs> that's good and i'll tell you what i'm kind of disappointed that rachel true didn't have didn't get the kind of success she should have after this i thought she was really good in this she was very uh, very interesting She's great um but some of the every, other actresses, every actress gave a great performance in my opinion oh, i thought they definitely. were all brilliant 100 percent um, some of the other actresses that screen tested for the main characters were uh, Angelina Jolie, Scarlett Johansson, and Alicia Silverstone. So you were talking about that Clueless vibe. It's right there. Scarlett Johansson probably would have. Scarlett Johansson probably would have actually been age appropriate. Uh, I think in '96 she was probably like 16 or 17 or so. Don't know that for sure. Yeah, she would have been pretty close. But to that. Uh, but that yeah, I mean honestly, they all could, I could see all of them fitting in here uh, somewhere. I could definitely see Angelina Jolie as Nancy. Uh, or any of them, but uh, very, very, but so, so a little bit of an interest, some interesting details. They also had a real life Wiccan uh, uh, expert come on to make sure that everything no, was I sort did, of I did see that accurate, that everything nice. was sort of very interesting. you know not offensive to the Wiccan community. Uh, That's I, good. I feel like, and maybe this movie caused it. I don't know, or maybe I'm just misremembering. But I feel like it also feels like a 90s thing for people to think like, oh, those group of girls are witches. They do witchcraft. Yes. No, that was a thing. Yeah, it was very... Witchcraft was, was huge. There was, there was kind of a right? hip... It was kind of hip back then in like a in like a goth yeah. You know, like, Stevie Nicks started it in the 70s with her black dresses and twirling. You know, how dare she? Just the fact <laughs> then, that it would be considered then, a serious concern, like... And then you, you had... What you was are it? witches. <laughs> And this is all like yeah, pre Harry Potter, you know. This was uh, scary, or scary or when did Harry when did the first Harry Potter come out? Ninety seven, ninety eight. Well, yeah, but it, it took. A couple when did of the years Crucible come out? That's a real question. When 19, did the Crucible come out? Like nineteen fifty two or something. When <laughs> no, I mean I the movie. I mean oh. the movie. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> the play's pretty old. I don't remember when the. I don't know what kicked off the witch craze of the 90s. I would really oh, no, that. it came out in 1996, too. So, like, you had Ooh. this, you had uh, The Crucible, the you had Hocus Pocus come out in 1992. So mm-hmm. I think that you just, I think in the 90s, people did just think women were witches. Man, what a, what a, what a, what a, what a, what a gap between Hocus Pocus and the craft in terms of witch presentation. 
<laughs> I could feel a little bit of hocus pocus in this. You know I what it was though? Funny I was gonna say the same Sarah. thing. There's a moment where like three of them fly through the window, and I was like, "That's that's the that's the Sandersons." <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, but and oh, there's man, that one part, I don't know they they say Sarah or something like that they say her name and it made me think of Hocus Pocus I was like what um, so Ta-da! one thing I did I did watch to prepare for this a little bit um, before the show was I I looked up the segment about this movie from the Siskel and Ebert TV show oh yeah two two thumbs down. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. two thumbs down from Siskel and Ebert. Um, yeah, what was funny to me mostly. So Ebert most did most of the talking. He just thought it was dumb. Uh, thought the story was weak. Blah blah blah. But what stood out to me was even in 1996, he said the special effects were stupid. Mm. <laughs> See now, I wonder about me a that. little because for a moment I thought, well, I feel like this looks good for 96, but wasn't that bad? Apparently not. Ebert said yeah. it looked bad. I guess when you think about some of the other... I mean, on a $15 million budget, though, which I don't know what that would be today, but I guess if you think about some of the other movies that came out in 96, that might have been some pretty some pretty like steep competition for what special effects could be. Um, I'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about box office stats because I've got a, a rundown of the year. But special effects were better than we like to remember in 96. So, that, I mean... Normally, I don't like to knock a movie for special effects aging poorly. I kind of try to judge it by what it looked like at the time, or what what it was, you know, what was comparable at the time. Um, but so this might that this might be an interesting case. I don't know. We'll have to think. I have to think about it some. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, there were there were moments where it stuck out to me, like when. Uh, uh, Nancy's fingers turn into snakes. That looked yeah. great. Um, when, but then, you know, there were t- plenty, plenty of cool practical effects. Like when all the snakes and bugs and stuff came out, I was like, oh, yeah, kind of creepy. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good moment. Um, probably one of the most noticeably, one of the one of the effects that's probably aged the most poorly, even compared to the snakes and stuff. Because I think that was a big swing. That was a big swing. But like a really simple effect that they did was when Sarah changes her hair color and it just looks like they painted it digitally and like did not... Because like all they could have done is they could have just done this and then like cut and she just has a blonde wig. But they clearly just painted her hair in post in post and it just looked... It didn't yeah. look right at all Sarah's to me. Sarah's hair looks bad. And, looked and bad in 4K, Robin, I can tell you that. Robin Tunney had actually shaved her head for another role, so she wears a wig throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, which then made sense to me, because there were moments where I thought, her hair looks terrible. <laughs> no, it wasn't real. <laughs> if I'm thinking yeah, her the hair, hair looks, looks bad, her but hair the hairline was bizarre. It was too perfect. Um, I have a fun little thing that I found, a little fan interpretation of one of the scenes. Can I talk about that? And I'll make, and I'll make sure. it quick. Um, so you know the scene where they go to the beach and they're going to invoke uh, the Great Spirit? Um, mm-hmm. Each of them is carrying with them an animal. And this fan interpretation is has to do with um, what those animals represent, right? So in the scene, they arrive at the beach and each of them is carrying an animal. And Rochelle is carrying, Rochelle is carrying a clownfish, um, which signifies her passion for diving, for swimming. That's kind of what she wants, but she's being bullied in that endeavor and it's you know kind of impacting her life in that way 
um, Laura, uh, 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 Bonnie is carrying a butterfly because that's how she feels. She feels like she's beautiful, but that she's, you know, got the, all these scars and it makes her feel like she's actually a monster, but inside she feels beautiful and she wants that to be reflected. Sarah has a lovebird, which I wouldn't have been able to identify a lovebird, but Sarah's carrying a lovebird representing her desire for Chris to actually like her and not to treat her like Grant. Uh, and then Nancy is, has has a snake, which is a symbol of rebirth, transformation, and mort- immortality because um, she wants to transform her life and her mother's life, and uh, she does so. So uh, it's just kind of an interesting little like uh, sort of breakout of that scene because I re- remember them carrying all of those, but I didn't really really think about what the metaphorical significance of that could be in the moment. Nice. Yeah. Cool, cool, huh? That is an interesting interpretation. I like that. Uh, Any any favorite moments from the movie? Uh, Any fun things we want to wrap up on before we switch gears? I kind of liked when the, uh, when, when they're kind of showing with the characters and what their home lives are like a little bit when, you know, she's getting the, when Nev's getting the, surgery but then you get to see nancy's life and it's so bad it's so rough um and you kind of see why she's been steered into the, the 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 lifestyles that she's chosen she's just looking for any way to escape this <clears throat> and then i like honestly genuinely when uh when their her stepdad dies i assume stepdad when he dies and they find out they're gonna get 175 grand which uh according to uh, according to uh wikipedia would be uh, roughly three hundred and eighty thousand dollars today. Uh, I was, <laughs> and it says twenty twenty three. Somebody's updating this every year. Um, uh, I then they and they were like so shocked, and then started laughing and enjoy. I was kind of like genuinely tickled because if I'm the guy sitting there, I'm kind of like, well, they seem surprised, so I don't think they murdered him. But that also be like, they're way too happy, right? <laughs> it's just kind of a funny moment. And all the things they bought in L.A. for $175,000 would not, would not, would not. But uh, I, I also like, yeah. I like the, the, uh, the high-rise apartment. Like, no. No. Wouldn't, you couldn't afford that even with it? No. 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 Um, <laughs> I enjoyed that they kept the old serial killer trope of the random guy who was warning them about stuff. You know, this man just showed up twice out of nowhere with a snake mm-hmm. and was like hey how you doing i got a snake calm and down like, and he like, wants to tell you something he just showed up in their house and he served no purpose you know at least in the you know uh what is it uh camp crystal lake when they have that man you know he comes back and at least like you know they warn him there's a reason th- for his warning there's the no only, reason for this man's warning the only purpose he served was to be a part of one of the better person getting running run over scenes in cinema because when he got hit by a car, I was totally expecting like a a quick cut and then he'd just be on the road. But they actually sewed him getting his gum head run over by that That's car. And I was like, he oh my! Over. That was wild. Yeah, that was one of the most graphic. one of the genuine reactions I got from this movie in terms of like not really a yeah. scare, but I was like, oh, dude got run yeah. over hard. Mm. He did. Josh, any favorite yeah, moments? Really I don't disagree. You already talked uh, about them no. flying through the window. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I did really like the flying through the window part. Uh, and, and some of the corny effects I did like. Like, I, I chuckled a bit when um, uh, Nancy throws uh, Sarah, like, into the wall and shows the bookcase through her, and then she, like, just gets up through the wall and stuff. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, yeah, when she comes out of the mirror. Ooh. Yes, that's fun. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to say like I like this part because it's really messed up, but Nancy... <laughs> Changing herself to look like Sarah so she could sleep like Chris, sleep with Chris, was was weird. It's like it's an effed up that you're like, oh, what an effed up thing to do. I really liked it. <laughs> like you like it from like a, wow, that's devious kind of perspective. Yeah, right, exactly. Like they really like, oh, she went there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and his his whole reaction is just like, oh, whoa. What? You're a witch. He's like drunk he, and like, stupid I would at the same be like, time. <laughs> screaming. It's two you know, of you, and now you look like someone else. I I can't I can't think of a specific thing, but on a like a, a tiny level, one of my favorite things is kind of like how these characters interact, like how they tease each other a little bit, because like they kind of make fun of each other a little bit throughout the movie, and just those little moments where they genuinely felt like friends. Um, right. Even though they didn't look like conventional kids or conventional friends, they genuinely were seemed like good friends for a time in this movie, um, and that's why it is kind of um, it's not like a sad ending, but it is kind of like a bummer that like the ending is just like and they're not friends anymore, and like everybody kind of goes their separate ways and more or less. I mean, I guess at least Nev Campbell and R- Rachel might still be friends. Who knows? But um, yeah, I agree. But yeah, that, though it is kind of a bummer that. Um, you know, Nancy kind of had to go that that separate route, but it's a shame they had mm. to have the other two turn on her as well. Um, yeah. But you know, it still ends with Sarah coming out on top. She's the only one left with powers, um, and she uses it to threaten them with a good time should they cut them around her parts again. That's true. So. That's true. And you know, um, they did end up making a sequel to this years later, The Craft yes. Legacy. And only a few years ago, it came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, straight um, to video, if you can believe it. Yeah, it uh, not high reviews. Although, Farusa uh, Balk, Farusha Balk uh, does make an appearance. So, uh, <clears throat> so it is. It is kind of like a sequel of. It is like a genuine sequel of sorts. Um, it, I kind of feel like there is. Well, I'll say this: there's definitely material or potential here for more for a sequel or for a new version an update i mean they did one but i'm saying like a a, like a a legitimate attempt technically the cbs ripped this off and made charmed so uh and and that's not even that's not even like speculation apparently from the director that's legit true because he pitched them a craft television show using the same theme song that they ended up using on charm cbs said no and a year later made charmed so he's very adamant that they just ripped off his idea, which is funny and sad in a way. Wow, I believe that. My mom loves Charmed. That's funny. I don't. I've never really watched it. Oh yeah, never really I, gave it a chance. It's such a funny thing because like my mom is my mom is, uh, you know, she's religious, mm-hmm. and she's, but she's also like, she's a very big fan of fiction. She loves reading. She loves movies. She's what got. She kind of got me into movies. Um, and she loved Charmed, and I was like, "Mom, they're witches, though." And he goes, "She goes, shh, shh, shh be quiet. <laughs> it's not real. She, she just like pretend witches." Yep. Um, anyway, all right, yeah. Well, great. I'm glad everybody liked it. Um, I liked it too. 
I hope everybody, anyone who watched along, hope you enjoyed it, or maybe it's one of your favorites. Uh, either mm-hmm. way, let us know what you thought of the craft. Uh, hit us up on social media. Uh, you can find those links at somanysequels.com. Uh, <clears throat> but let's talk about want... how this movie performed. It was a bit of a surprise hit, mm-hmm. right, David? At least considering the small budget. It was. You know, made it only a budget of $15 million. The movie um, opened uh, May 3rd. 1996 Memorial Day weekend, so not really a Halloween uh, release or Halloween time release, Memorial Day weekend, Um, but it was the number one movie at the box office that weekend, and when I tell you what it was up against, you will believe that it was the number one movie of the weekend. Uh, It opened to $6.7 so it's already about halfway to its budget at that point. Uh, $6.7 number one spot, just ahead of The Truth About Cats and Dogs, uh, which was in its second week, The Quest which was in its uh, second week as well. Primal Fear, which is actually a pretty good movie. I believe that's uh, Robert De Niro or it's uh, Edward Norton. I'm not sure. Uh, I might be confusing that with Cape Fear. Whoops. And then The Great White Hype, which I've never heard about, but I, <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, what is The Great White Hype? And listen to this cast. All right, listen to this cast. All right, It is a sports satire movie starring a Samuel L. Jackson, Peter Berg, Damon Wayans, Jeff Goldblum, John Lovitz, Cheech Marin, Ron, John Reese Davies, and Jamie Foxx. What a cast, right? Anyway. Whoa, that is that is quite a cast. <laughs> it's a pretty cool cast. Apparently, it's, it's a pretty pan movie. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the Craft would go on to make $24 million in the U.S. and $55 million um, worldwide, about $30 million overseas. For, for a worldwide total of $55 million. Um, for the year of 1996, the craft would finish in the number uh, 66 spot. Perfect for a witchy movie. Number 66. You need one more. Um, just ahead of Fargo and just behind uh, Kingpin. You guys ever see Kingpin? With uh, Bill Murray, Woody Harrelson. It's a bowling. Yeah, anyway, uh, the number 66 spot, the number one movie of 1996 and this is what I'm talking about when it comes to the other special effects of 1996. The number one movie was Independence Day, followed by Twister, yeah, yeah, yeah. then Mission Impossible, Jerry Maguire, and uh, Mel Gibson, uh, Ron Howard's Ransom. So you had some pretty big heavy hitters there in the top in the uh, in the top five, uh, two Tom Cruise movies, Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. And then you've also got Ron Howard and, and Mel Gibson uh, in the rounding out the, the top five. Uh, we have previously done one, two, three, four, five, six 1996 films. I don't think you guys could name them, but uh, I've already given you one, and that's Mission Impossible. Uh, the, we've also done Jingle All the Way. You can hear our podcast for Jingle All the Way from a few So Many Santas ago. Uh, you can listen to, I believe it was my first So Many Santas pick. We also did Star Trek First Contact. When we back when we did uh, Star Trek uh, month, uh, we did Muppet Treasure Island, also came out in 1996. Space Jam, the original, and our favorite, so many scares film, brought to you by Andrew Nichols, The Frighteners, also came out in 1996. Well, so you can listen to podcasts for all those movies from us, uh, and that's all I got. Wow! All right. Well, let's switch up in the letterbox game. Everybody start thinking about your score guess for what the Letterboxd community says about the craft. I'm going to read off some of the most popular reviews while we think. These are going to be hilarious. 
Top one, five stars. All I want to do is go to Catholic high school, start a coven, and wear nice socks. Uh, next. <laughs> the simple pleasures in life. Simple pleasures. Four stars. If the bitches of Eastwick put a spell on me, do not prosecute mm-hmm. them. They caught me slipping. That's on me. <laughs> um, and by the way, the the I should have said that the bitches of Eastwick is a fantastic nickname. It is for anything, honestly. What a reference! Uh, three stars, clueless on crack. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> three stars. My expectations were gayer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and finally, four stars. If there's one thing Skeet Ulrich gon' do, it's play the insufferable love interest of a character that would be better off with a girl. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, yep. we talked about Skeet Ulrich a little bit earlier. He does play a pretty typical Skeet Ulrich role. So, based on those uh, very fun reviews, what do we think? Where does where does this the craft? gonna land is there um did we switch places as to who's last or is it still yeah i mean uh garrett you are still in last so you still can go for you still okay. get to go first or you can choose to defer go. i'm gonna no i'm gonna go 3.4 i think that this is going okay. to be well liked excellent by the letterbox mm. definitely i'm gonna go i'm gonna i don't wanna go higher so i'm gonna go 3.2 just come mm. under you a little bit, a little bit. This is such a tough one because I know, and based on that Ebert review, we know that it wasn't liked in its time. I know what the Rotten Tomato score is. I, I saw it earlier today. I didn't look it up, but I saw it. Uh, the fan score or the critic score? The critic score. Ah. Critics critic are score not is, a, I believe, a 55%. Would not if these ones differ. Yeah. And so that's, I'm you know, the so I'm thinking... That you guys are in the right area. <clears throat> Dadgum, I'm going to go... Josh, you said 3.2. Garrett said 3.4. F. I'm going to go right between you and say 3.3. Boo. I'm <laughs> just going to take it. Boo indeed. Boo indeed. All right. Let me load up the actual score here and... We don't have a direct hit. Oh, okay, okay cool. good. But well, that means it's definitely not me. I am. I'm. I'm happy to report that this movie actually scored a higher than any of us guessed. Um, All right, but barely at a three point five. So Garrett walks away two weeks in a oh, row man. as a winner. Uh, Let's really see here. So man, I'm, I'm in the playoffs. I'm the wild card man in the playoffs, coming out of nowhere to yep, yep. with all the momentum to take down David in the World Series of yep. Letterbox Games. Mm-hmm. That brings you two tied at eight apiece. Uh, and so, like I said, you are uh, mere Ooh, seven tied. points off from me. So, a couple games of, of, of yeah, two pointers. But if I would have gone with three point five, what if I would have gone with three point five? I mean, yeah. right there, That's the you'd be at the nine. You'd be at nine, and you'd be you'd be right behind. You'd be six points away. You'd it be three direct hits away from catching. Risky. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't. And I know you guys were. You're. You know, we, we're stacking this month with an extra an extra review. And I, I know the game there. I understand. Try to get as many points as we can here. Gotcha. Uh, we're anyway, the craft episodes just to get ahead of you. So that's two wins in a row for Garrett. Much deserved. Much earned. Um. Do we want to talk a little bit about... Oh, wait. What are our reviews? Exactly. I was going to say. What, or what are our ratings? What What do we feel about the movie? Um, for me, it's one that's tough 
because I, I kind of... I want it to be interesting, but I kind of think 3.5 is exactly right mm. on the money. Um, I think I agree with Letterboxd. In 1996, I, I would probably have given it lower, but yeah. in 2023, the 90s vibe really enhances my enjoyment. This is what definitely one where I feel like uh, uh, it gets a bump because I found it so enjoyable for the most part. Um, and I'm so I wouldn't necessarily say that this is a three and a half star movie, but I would say that it was the enjoyment of a three and a half star movie. Thus, mm. I agree. Three and a half. All right. And I am going to surprise myself and I think most other people because I was genuinely infatuated with these characters as sort of like dark and different as they were. I thought that this was a really well written story for about the first hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. And the third act was a little bit of a letdown in a lot of ways, but I'm going to give this four stars because I thought this was actually a pretty good movie and I would recommend it to anybody out there. I would watch nice. it again. I wouldn't choose to watch it again, but if someone said, hey, do you want to watch the crap? I go, oh yeah, let's watch the crap. Okay, 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 nice. Well, that would, that, that'll then bump, bump our average just ever so slightly above Letterboxd. So we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're in the same area they are. Uh, that's always mm-hmm. fun when that happens. Cool. Well, a successful m- movie, I think. Another successful week of so many scares. Uh, we're on a good run so far. It's just a shame everybody missed last week's um, stunning uh, never-to-be-heard episode. Lost of time. I know. Lost of time. Uh, Although, if you want to hear just what Josh and I thought, you can hear it with Garrett echoing in the background. Yeah, just uh, just, just DM me somewhere. I'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> just a raw clip of only Josh's side of the story. <laughs> um okay so we yeah we got a few more weeks of of so many scares left so be sure to uh stick around for that stay stay subscribed or whatever you need to do if you haven't Mm -hmm. subscribed yet do so in your favorite podcasting app or on youtube if you want the video experience uh or vice versa do you want the audio experience podcasting app of your choice Mm -hmm. um find us also at patreon patreon.com slash so many sequels um, you can find uh, access to our Discord there if you sign up uh, for a little fee. Uh, we talk about movies and all kinds of other stuff there. So be sure to do all that. All that's out of the way. Okay. We got, um, I don't think we need to announce what we're doing next, though, right? Or do we want to? We can. We got more uh, scares coming up. We do. Um, uh, well, we're, I think next is my pick. Or, I'm sorry, next is Garrett's pick. Right. Uh, and I believe it is 2012's Maniac. Isn't that right, Garrett? That is indeed correct, starring our one and only Frodo Elijah Wood. <laughs> I, went, I went blank there for a second, but uh, yes, Frodo Elijah Wood uh, in a very different type of role. Is that streaming somewhere? Uh, nope. Oh. Gonna make you guys buy this suffering. <laughs> well, you if you pay. want to uh, watch, you're along... gonna pay to be tortured. I promise. Yeah, if you want to watch Maniac along with us, uh, go rent it somewhere. Videos are rented, uh, mm-hmm. probably on whatever streaming device you have. Uh, all right, um, go do if you that. Have to, I think it, I think David said it was on Tubi. So if you have Tubi, oh. you can oh, yeah. watch it. Tubi's free. Might be on so Tubi. yeah, check oh, that out. Well, it might be free for a three month trial of Tubi, but it's free. That's okay. Worth it. Exactly. So go, go go check that out. Go watch it with us, and, and we'll have Maniac for you next week. 
Um, let us know what you thought of the craft again by going to our social media channels. Like I said earlier, you can find those at somanysequels.com. All right. We'll be back next time with Maniac uh, and more So Many Scares. Bye.